to the 300th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney, and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist, endurance athlete, and a mom-mom living in Southwest Florida. Thank you, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening. I say mom-mom because my grandson, Caleb, and my registered dietitian partner, Addie Minerich, was here to visit me for a few days, and they are flying back to sunny Houston from sunny Florida today. But sometimes, you know, I just wanted to start this podcast out with sometimes when grandkids come to town, um, people that are on a plant-based journey get all worried about what they're going to feed their kids, and they're worried about making food that everybody likes, and a lot of times there's pressure to make food that were family favorites and bring back good memories, and um, it becomes a problem. And then people come back into the office and they say, you know, their cholesterol's up, their blood pressure's up, and, you know, um, there was difficulties, weights up, and they have all these, these things left in their house and they don't know what to do with them. And, you know, it was a fight about what people were going to eat. Well, I'm, you know, so happy to report none of that happened to me. And I just wanted to share, uh, it's easy when you have plant-based um, eaters that come to visit, obviously, but I just wanted to share a little bit about what we did with a 10-month-old while we were here. Now, obviously, Addie's our registered dietitian for the practice, and she is in full charge. I was uh, just allowed to help make and serve and um, had the pleasure of sitting behind beside Caleb in the morning to eat breakfast. And uh, so his breakfast started out with some fruit. Uh, he had little pieces of mango, papaya, watermelon, raspberries were his favorite. Um, he had uh, little bits of sourdough bread uh, with a little bit of nut butter on it. And you say, oh my goodness, Dr. Delaney, nut butter. But infants and little people growing up can have some more fat from nuts and actually need a little bit more fat. So he had a little bit of nutso, which is a nut and seed butter on his, uh, and very little, enough to make it moist on his little cubes of bread. And then he had oats with flaxseed mixed with berry. Um, So he had some raspberries and blueberries in that. And so that was his breakfast for the most part. Um, Dinner time, he uh, had some sweet potato that we microwaved and and cubed up. He also had tofu, and Addie makes a little tofu sauce that is a combination of um, a little rice vinegar, a little miso paste, some turmeric, garlic, yes, garlic. And then we even made, we were making some uh, cabbage unrolled, and I uh, rolled some of them in uh, some of the, the uh, little tofu, tofu cubes in tomato and nutritional yeast. And so he had those. He had some muffins, and I'm going to mess up the ingredients with these, but they had some oat flour, uh, they had beets, they had some other vegetables in them, I think a little bit of kale ground up, and a variety of different vegetables in these little muffins that uh, he enjoyed. Um, No simple sugars, no maple syrup, uh, no sugar, none of that, and uh, as happy as a clam, growing nicely and... uh, you know, he could feed himself the little chunks as well as, you know, he had some help with the oatmeal. But, you know, he, he's enjoying getting his hand-eye coordination and he's enjoying whole real food. So there was not a baby food jar in the house. Um, 
all all stuff off the table. No blenders required at this stage. And uh, you know he has four teeth, two in the top, two in the bottom, and they they took care of everything. So, um, you know it was a, a great little visit. No fuss at dinner ta- dinner time. Uh, loved you know loved eating, loved the food. Um, you know when he got done, he stopped eating. But for the most part, you know he he uh, he enjoyed. You know what what he was eating. He's still nursing uh, a few times a day as well, so he's still in transition. But um, she's introducing foods right along with him uh, for the most part. Some whole foods. She, he has avocado. Um, you know, she will do some purees with him of some food that are you know higher in fiber, um, or for the skin's harder to break down at this stage. But you know, he he did really good. So it was a, a great visit. We had. Uh, cabbage unrolled from our cookbook, which is a combination of cabbage and sauerkraut and gnocchi and tomatoes and garlic, a little allspice. Uh, we had a stir fry one evening with a green curry sauce that I made one night. Um, so it was a, we had uh, crab cakes, fishless, you know, or I'm sorry, uh, fishless crab cakes, that's right, that I make with artichoke uh, hearts our hearts of palm and some um, uh, oat, oats and I'm sorry, there weren't oats in that. It was chickpea flour and a little texture vegetable protein. So uh, and red pepper and garlic. So those were you know baked potatoes. So simple foods. You know we spent more time outside playing and uh, visiting than we did cooking in, in in the kitchen. But we made everything here. No takeout. No drive-throughs. Um, all, all good food made right, right from the kitchen, all organic, um, and everybody was really happy. So, um, if you make food that's good, you don't have to worry about, you know, necessarily telling people what's in there. Um, you know, I had someone this week that they had family visit and there was a cake that they really like. Um, you can, you know, it's, there's no reason why you can't make a cake from your family that's, that's reminiscent of yesteryear, but to take out the eggs and, you know, substitute in applesauce or sweet potato or some other puree and use flax for, uh, you know, for an oil, uh, flax egg. So you can get, you know, veg, uh, vinegar, white vinegar and baking soda works to help the cake rise and everything. So there's, there's no need for a bunch of oil or eggs in a cake. And I think people have to watch out that if they're really not trying to avoid eggs, that's a big source of cholesterol, and it's in a lot of foods and in a lot of things that people prepare, you know. So if you go to the deli and you get some sort of egg salad or you get potato salad or coleslaw, you're going to have a source of dairy. Um, But you might have, you know, in a variety of different things, you can have eggs they'll put in, even in the washes on on some breads. Um, it's just pastries for sure, cookies for sure. So you just have to be really careful and you can, you know, you can, again, twist all those things and make, take those recipes, uh, take the eggs out, take the oil out, make substitutions. If, uh, you know, something is creamy, you can use a silken tofu as a substitution. Soy yogurt, uh, or almond milk based yogurt, uh, is a great substitution for some things that require creamy dressings. We make a good nacho cheese. I gave that to somebody this week that, you know, you make it with roasted red peppers and, and oats. And, um, 
nutritional yeast and some smoked paprika and you know nobody needs to know that it's not you know no I'm, i don't think too many 10 year olds know how to make nacho cheese so they don't care what the ingredients are they care what it tastes like so if you know if the food that you made in yesteryear made you sick it's going to make your family sick as well eventually so anybody can live on bad food for a long time, you know, I observe kids that are eating terrible, you know, takeout food for breakfast, McDonald's and, you know, all kinds of junk and Cheez-Its and all kinds of puffs and different things that they eat. And they're okay. They're, you know, I mean, they're not um, too awful sick that you see, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, the fa- there's our family members of our kids that are uh, patients, new patients. I mean, they're a lot of them do well for a long time, but then when they hit their 20s and 30s, um, bad things start to happen. Typically, they gain a lot of weight. Even little kids are gaining a lot of weight. Um, diabetes is rampant. High blood pressure is rampant. There's so much sodium in this processed food. So by the time the kid's acne sets in with the dairy, um, you know, polycystic ovary disease sets in with the dairy, so all kinds of things start to happen in, to kids uh, when they start to hit puberty from eating a poor diet. So when they come to visit you, you're not doing them a disservice by feeding them good food. We had fruit, a uh, variety of different fruit uh, sliced up every morning, again, watermelon, papaya, banana, blueberries, raspberries, um, you know, eat what's local, what's available. I, you know, I, I kind of feel sad when people tell me they had apples and bananas and that's the only, and maybe a grape was the only fruit that they've experienced. Um, sometimes when you live up north or you live in places that's not readily available, it's difficult, but if you can get your hands on different fruits, uh, expand your horizons, you know, try, try a yellow dragon fruit, you know, try a mame sapota, try uh, papaya if you haven't had it. There's a lot of people that haven't had papayas. If you live in the south someplace, that's one of the easiest trees you can grow in your backyard. Um, papaya trees are prolific most of the time. They, they don't really have a season. They, they produce all year long. We've had, uh, we, we, we have been able to pick a papaya at least once or twice a week for the last several months, you know, because we have three trees that are now producing really well. Um, waiting on our mangoes in the backyard to talk a little bit about uh, backyard garden. They're, they're starting to get bigger and they're fun to watch grow. Backyard gardens hanging in. Um, I've got a variety of different kinds of hot peppers, jalapenos, poblanos, long greens. I've got uh, some sweet colored peppers, um, eggplant collards, red cabbage, radishes, cucumbers, zucchini, watermelon. So that's all taken off in the little backyard garden, square foot garden, you know, about uh, 10 by 6. So, you know, get yourself a little patch and substitute, you know, grow some herbs or, or grow something. It's, it's awful fun to go out in the afternoon and, and uh, see how things have changed. I gave some advice today to a patient as far as, you know, what to do about lunch, um, people get into habits of just eating a sandwich or grabbing something as they go and not taking a lunch break. I think it's really important to take a lunch break. Um, if you're working, um, I believe it's required by law to have at least 30-minute lunch break 
and people that work through their lunch aren't more productive than people that take a lunch break because they tend to zone out uh, or not as effective or get tired or get sick. So take a lunch break. Um, If you can leave the building, leave the building. Uh, If you can go home, that's even better. Um, You know, I like to go home for lunch, make my salad, play a little ball with the dogs, look at the garden, go back to work, recharge, but at least get outside and get some sunshine, get a little bit of vitamin D, knock that virus out, um, activate some good good enzymes by, by getting out and getting a little sunshine. So lots of good things to be done by just taking a break and getting lunch. And of course, like we talked about last time, sit down and eat it. Don't eat your lunch standing up. I think that... Uh, Eating standing up, eating in a quick, eating in a car, eating grazing during the day is also a big source of overconsumption of calories. So make time for your meals, then go back to work, go back to what you need to do, but take time so that you actually know what you're eating and go forth. Um, The other thing is planning. Uh, You know, don't go to the grocery store without a plan. Typically, people overpurchase food when they do that, or they do impulse buying when they do that. So have a grocery list, but have that grocery list around what you're going to have for your meals. Um, The least of which, you know, think about what you're going to do with, you know, what kind of meals you're going to plan. I was at the grocery store earlier today. You know, we're going to do a burrito night. I was able to get some fresh corn. I got tomatillas and tomatoes for the sauce. Um, I use corn masa to make my tortilla shells. We've got beans at home, rice at home. So I was set for that. Um, you know, if you see a vegetable that is fresh or just now came in season, then think about what you can do and then plan around that vegetable. Um, there is a sauce that's made with yellow tomatoes that we really like, and sometimes those are hard to get. But they seem to be in season right now, so I picked up some of those and some big portobello mushrooms. So I'll make uh, the uh, the tomato sauce with, and we'll have that with uh, some portobello mushrooms and some couscous and some greens. So that'll be a good meal. So plan your meals around, you know, plan do your grocery shopping around your meals. That way, you know what you're going to do. And and again, you know, make sure you have plenty of fruit on hand. I never throw away a banana. I probably eat more bananas frozen uh, as a dessert than I do um, as they're sitting on the counter. But as soon as your bananas start to ripen or overripen, that's, you know, put them in a plastic bag in a Ziploc. You can use them to bake later or you can use them as a dessert. Uh, Certainly you can use bananas as a banana bread base as well. But again, I think the more you can eat whole foods, um, the better eat them as fruit. So I like my fruit dessert at night with my frozen bananas, frozen blueberries, or uh, mango. Uh, Lately, I've been making homemade yogurt and putting a little bit of the yogurt on top of my fruit in the morning with chia seeds. That's another good option. So um, just a a couple things that you can um, take away is for, you know, how we're we're transitioning into more of a summer season and people are more active. But uh, again, it's real important to plan your meals and take time. Again, as we transition into summer and people are outside and they're starting to garden and do yard work, avoid the pesticides. There's more Roundup sold to put on lawns and more pesticides and weed killers that people use on their lawns. That goes into your water. That goes into the water table that's recycled for all of us. Um, That goes into where your pets might drink. 
those are carcinogens and that also depletes the soil of their nutrients and microbes. So just like we want good gut microbiome, we want a great we want good bacteria in our gut that help keep our immune system under control and functioning appropriately. If we're going to grow good vegetables, we need not only phosphorus and nitrogen and magnesium and all the other minerals, but we need good microbes in the soil and a good ecosystem so that bad bugs don't take over and bad worms don't take over the good bugs. So a lot of people just say, well, we're going to get rid of aphids or we're going to get rid of uh, this pest or this mold by spraying a pesticide and we're going to put miracle Grow on that has some other... Um, you know, chemical into our vegetables, there are some things you can do uh, that's more of a natural and, and adds beauty to your backyard garden. So if you're looking, you know, to decrease your mosquito population, dandelions in the, in the backyard, catnip, um, you can buy citronella plants are good to have around. Um, in your garden, lilac helps to uh, select for better bugs, dill, sage, um, are all good natural bug repellents. And so having those different flowers, uh, we've planted some lilac that attract bees and, you know, milkweed that attract good butterflies and, and things with wings, so to speak, to help make your soil good. I'm also using horsetail tea uh, to decrease the, you know, improve the microbiome of my soil and some worm poop tea uh, to improve the, the, the soil. So those are things you can do naturally. Again, composting your vegetables. You can have a little composter in the backyard that's out of sight. A box is all you need to put your vegetable scraps in that you aren't using, and then that's going to make you some really good dirt. If you have uh, access to a box that you can save earthworms in, that's a great natural soil enhancer. So if you want to have a good backyard garden or a good healthy garden, um, you know, create some good healthy soil that helps you grow vegetables that help you ultimately grow uh, a good healthy gut. So I want to share with you a story that I, uh, that I heard this week that I think is, is so important. Um, as many of you know, that get our newsletter or follow on Facebook or plant-based striders on, on the Facebook group, We've had several uh, people in our practice that have started running uh, in their 60s. We had Hutch that was on the podcast that completed a marathon. We had another person in our practice, Audra, uh, that completed a half marathon on her 60th birthday. We have several people taking up running and walking in the practice and hiking. We have some tri- We have several Tom Montgomery. We have uh, several other triathletes in the practice. Um, and it has spurred a lot of interest in people wanting to do a marathon. And most recently, I have a member that's in his late 70s that wants to do a marathon. And I don't have any doubt that he could not complete that marathon, even if we were to do it this weekend with no more training than he started. And to, you know, to... To show you what kind of dedication he has to his athletic performance and his his overall health, he's again 100% plant based. But it didn't happen all that easy. Um, I may have some of the details of the story a little bit um, out of line, but his his health journey started up north uh, when his doctor there uh, suggested that he 
uh, read the book Forks Over Knives. And he and his wife bought that book and um, used it as a coffee table, uh, used it to hold the coffee table down for the most part. And when they moved to Florida, they actually had a discussion whether they should keep the book or bring it down because they hadn't read it. And uh, they decided to ultimately bring it down. And I can't remember the details, but somehow they ran into me and it was kind of like, you know, well, wow, I guess we should pick up this book and read it. And one thing led to another and they became members of the practice and became 100% plant-based. And it wasn't as if his life was uh, all that easy um, as far as his, his health. He had um, some vascular disease um, with an abdominal aortic aneurysm that was being followed and a little carotid disease. So he had some vascular disease and it had high cholesterol. He was not overweight. Um, and then he had about actually with colon cancer, and he had that resected, and it hadn't spread, but went on to have a complication from that surgery where he actually uh, ended up having some adhesions that had to have another abdominal surgery, and then had um, some uh, bacterial infection from that surgery that led to prolonged antibiotics. So you would think that this guy was sickly. Yet, um, he continued to walk and do a um, CompuTrainer rowing machine uh, to a very high level. Actually, um, you, can, you can record your times on a 10K, and he was competing you know, way up in the USA as far as numbers and times that he was able to achieve going through all of this. And he walked and he rode his bike. And, and really, the worst problem we had with him nutritionally is keeping weight on him. Tall fella. Um, so his wife uh, was, you know, just cooking uh, all that she could to kind of keep up with his energy expenditures um, to, to actually keep him from being too skinny. But um, they really managed to do it, and he appreciated her cooking and preparing foods, and he certainly likes and enjoys eating foods, and now he's decided that he wants to run, walk a marathon. So he came in for his stress test so that we could, um, you know, get some times and heart rates so that we could give him a better training plan over the next several months. Uh, the goal is to do the Treasure Coast Marathon next spring. Uh, again, uh, he is in such good shape. If we had to do a marathon in a couple of weeks, we could. But, all, you know, to get his ultimate best time, we're going we're gonna to train slow and enjoy this. But uh, so he came in and we were talking uh, he was sitting uh, there getting ready to do his, uh, I, th I think it was actually after he had done his uh, treadmill test, and I saw a scar on his knee, just above, on his femur, just above his knee. And uh, I made some mention of it. He said, well, that happened when I was a kid. I uh, was playing somewhere that I shouldn't have been, and he had a fall, and a piece of granite fell on his leg, and he broke his, fib uh, his uh, femur. Um, they called the ambulance back then. Uh, he's from New England. They called the paddy wagon. The police came. You know, he was someplace where he shouldn't. His father came. And when they got up, his femur came out through the skin. So it was a compound fracture. The police apparently put the splint on his lower leg, not where the bone was sticking out, and they transported him to the hospital where he remained for eight weeks in traction. So this was well before the time of pins and screws and all other kind of device. So it was lay there in bed in traction until his leg healed. And when he got ready to be discharged, several doctors that had been taking care of him came in and talked to him. And each of them, each of them said in succession, 
all the things that he can't do. You shouldn't play football. You know, you, you got to stay away from contact sports. Your leg's always going to be, that bone's going to break again. You got to be really careful. You know, no baseball, no wrestling. You know, no, 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 don't do this. You know, you're not going to be able to do this. But the last doctor that came in bent down beside him and said, listen, one thing that I want you to remember is that when you get to be an older fella, you don't want to look back and say, I didn't try. You want to look back and say, I tried to do this, and I did, or I tried to do this, and it didn't work out so well, or it didn't work as good. But that simple little whisper in his ear was all the hope that he needed instead of the demoralizing you can't, you won't, you, you know, you can't do something. And so it never stopped him. He was athletic all his life. Uh, again, um, 70, late 70s, getting ready to train for a marathon. No pain in that sight whatsoever, just a little scar in his upper leg. So... You know, it goes to show, um, you know, the last thing people say to you or the little words that stick in our head that we form the story of what we can or can't do. Um, you know, the last thing he heard was, go ahead and try it because you're better off trying than, than not trying. And you can do more than you think you can, as opposed to other people that I've seen this week that said, oh, you know, your back is crooked and your hips aren't in line and if you run, your knees will hurt, and you're just not able to be a runner. You've got heel spurs. You have chronic back pain. Uh, you threw your neck out. You better not do anything because you'll hurt yourself again. You hurt your knee before, so you can't run because you might hurt it again. Um, that sidelines people. That makes people believe that they are injured for life that they they have no ability. Their body is not as good as somebody else's body and they can't do it. You know, when we were running the Zion 50K last week, we saw a guy that was out there trying that was uh, an, an amputee. And so he had on uh, a prosthetic limb and he was out there trying to climb those boulders because somebody didn't tell him that it wasn't okay for him to do it. Uh, we see people that get joint replaced all the time and they never do anything with it they they say well it doesn't move as good as it it did Uh, my one leg is shorter than the other Um, and and so they're debilitated I can't do this I can't get on the ground because my knee doesn't bend Uh, I don't have any range of motion in my leg and and they accept it they accept it for what it is and they don't challenge that the fact that yes there's no reason why it shouldn't be able to move. There's no reason why you shouldn't be able to run if you have a bad back. Uh, you know, what's causing your bad back? That's the question. What can you do to fix something? It's not chronically broken. What can you do to stabilize it? We have, you know, our back is a series of blocks that stick on top of each other. And there's a spinal cord running up through it that it sends out extension cords of like nerves that are nerves out to our body's limbs. But that block, that block system of vertebrae is held in place by our musculature system. So if you can sit up and you can stand up, 
then you can walk, then you can probably run. Now, you know, there are some things that inhibit some people. If you've had a stroke and there's, you know, we've lost of nerve communication, or, there are some things that, you know, mm-hmm. I, don't, don't say Dr. Delaney, but you don't know. But the majority of things that stop people should not stop people. You're not destined to be overweight for the rest of your life. You're not destined to have chronic pain for the rest of your life. There are things that you can do. And by not getting off the couch, by not working on mobility, by not working on balance, it just gets worse. So don't let, don't let anybody tell you that it's over. And, you know, a fix, a, a quick fix is not all the, always the answer. This patient had eight weeks of waiting around for his leg to heal, and it did. His body healed itself. Yes, he was young, but eight weeks of conservative therapy gave him a lifetime of opportunity as opposed to let's just get a quick fix and some artificial hardware so that we can go on about our business next week and have chronic pain and chronic inflammation from the hardware that we're now wearing that we can't get out or take the medicine that makes the pain go away but we never fix what's causing the pain. So people that have chronic pain that have either been on muscle relaxers or opiates or um, you know other nerve-blocking agents aren't fixing the problem. They're just blocking the nerve impulses. And if you're blocking those nerve impulses, chances are you're blocking nerve impulses to other places that you shouldn't be. So why not find out what's the problem and go after and, and, and let's fix it? Yeah, you know, I had someone come to me that was addicted to, to narcotics and the chronic, it was a chronic pain situation. And they really had never learned how to deal with pain or injury. You know, it was take a pill, but the pill didn't fix the pain, but they were taught and reinforced that the pill was the cure to the pain, not alleviating the problem that was causing the pain. So if your knees hurt, chances are it's not the bone-on-bone of the x-rays that you were told. You know, it's not the lack of an anterior cruciate ligament or a meniscus tear of 20 years ago. Because a lot of people that perform on a very high level are either missing some of those cartilages or they've had significant tears and they've rehabbed themselves back. Or they don't have it at all in the case of an amputee. You know, um, there's a thing called a labrum in the hip and people say, well, well, they actually remove that when they put a hip replacement in and people still function and their leg doesn't fall off. So, you know, we get caught up in thinking that there is an injury or we have a disability. But for a lot of people, it, it, it's just a thing. It's just them. You know, uh, there's a, a very good book uh, that's called Thunderdog. And I can't remember the author, but uh, the man was blind and he had, a, had, and had a, a seeing eye dog that basically led him and hundreds of other people out of the uh, Twin Towers during the, uh, the bombings. And, you know, he was used to being in the dark and the dog was, you know, uh, used to doing his job. But the thing that impressed me about the author that I never thought of as a seeing person, he's like, this is not a disability, it's who I am. You know, he, it, it, it was his, he was different, but he wasn't disabled. 
because he never thought of himself disabled. His parents never thought of himself as disabled. These are things that limit him to some degree, but don't change his life and keep him from doing the things that he wants to do. So that would be my message to the day is, um, you know, don't listen to the six doctors that come before the seventh doctor that says you can do it. Um, you know, question all that. Question a quick fix versus if I do this slowly, will I get better and maybe get better uh, in a more effective way? You know, what can I do to help myself as opposed to just bandage the pain of an injury or perhaps even the pain of a mental injury? Because a lot of times we do that as well. How can I change my nutrition to help decrease the inflammation in my body that allows me to heal better? What can I do to make me heal better? Because given, the, given enough time, the body's going to heal itself. Uh, and, it, you know, it's, it's going to do a pretty, pretty good job. But uh, you, can't, you can't give up. And it's better to have tried and failed or tried and not have maybe done as well as you would have liked. But the journey of trying is so much better than sitting on the, on, on the sidelines. Uh, never, never give up the opportunity to, to be a part of the journey. So the takeaway today, don't make things for your kids and your grandkids that made you sick ultimately, because we know that you can survive and grow up on Twinkies and bubble gum, um, but you're not going to be healthy in the long run. So start them out well, start them out better. We always want things for our kids better than we had it. So now that you know, don't go back. And don't sit on the sidelines. Don't limit yourself. When somebody says you can't, ask why. And, you know, keep, keep, keep plugging away and keep trying new things, new vegetables, new fruits, new exercise, new, ability, new mobilities. Because as long as you're living and breathing, your body has the ability to heal, your, heal itself. So have a good week. Get outside move. Get some vitamin D. Get a garden growing. Get some plants growing. Enjoy yourself. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.